Hi, it's Iowimala, coming to you from Northern Illinois. Uh, such a sunny day today and so cold outside, so I, I may have too much light coming right at me, so sorry about that if I look like a, I might look like a Halloween ghost. Um, it is it is Friday and tomorrow is Halloween and it's not going to be the kind of Halloween around here that we usually expect. A lot of people are probably unhappy about that, but uh, that's a minor that's a minor issue, right? <laughs> um, I got uh, I got a poem or a kind of a writing someone sent me this morning. And I'm sure it's spreading around on Messenger or maybe um, somewhere on the internet. But it's all about the things that we we are uh, we feel like we've lost, and that's a very it's this long listing of uh, things things that this country's lost over the last four years. And when I finished reading it, I understood the sentiment, and I understood the message, but I thought this is not how we're supposed to be thinking. This is not where our mind should be. And uh, it made me think about very strongly the Buddha's teachings on the, the eight worldly winds, the worldly concerns. So the things blowing around just uh, around us, like here this morning, right there, little pick, the breeze will pick up and I'll see leaves swirling all around. The eight worldly concerns are like that. And in the teachings of the Buddha, and I'm pretty sure in the teachings of Christ, uh, that those are the things that wise teachers have always said are not our concern, that we need to, we need to be living beyond those things. And um, those, now, I hope I can remember all of them. I didn't have time after I read it to, to look it up. My, you know, my memory's not that great. But pain and, and, uh, uh, pain and pleasure are two opposites, and gain and loss, fame, and the opposite is shame, and the fourth pair, of course, I can't, uh, can't remember. But... Those are the things, the, the qualities that are, we go from one to the other. So we become famous and then something happens and, we're, you know, someone's name is smeared all over the news or all over uh, the community. And that's, that's the opposite. We're going from pole to pole on these things and gain and loss. And, and I thought about that's what that peace uh, talking about America's broken, you know, we need to fix it. And uh, the thing, the, for me, I, I understand where people are coming from. But after I read it, I thought, this, is, this isn't how we are, we are being called to be. We're, we're being to go beyond that. And uh, the worldly affairs and worldly concerns are really always going to be uh, jump from one end to the other. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot. There are a lot of especially, especially now in our country, and I think it's also uh, 
the, the definitely the trend in other countries as well, so around the world. Polarization is so strong, and there's black and white, and people are not willing to compromise, not willing to uh, find mutual compromises where everyone can get part of what they want. We're not looking at things like that. So this gain and loss is going to be see it's going we're going to be seeing it even more dramatically, which we have with the pandemic. Think of all of the people who have not only been sick and died, but also jobs have been lost, and uh, careers have been lost. There's been so much loss, but then the stock market's done really well. So, you know, well, that's a good thing, but this other thing is horrible. Um, but this, this feeling of, oh, this loss is so awful, and we get we uh, we think the solution is to change something. So let's we we're going to vote and change change the person at the top. And how long how how do we know that that's going to make the polarization go away, or how do we know that that's going to uh, turn the tide with the pandemic? And how do we know that we're not going to be feeling loss? even if we make that change. And my point is not that we may have a preference for one way or the other, but that these are not the things we should be letting our well-being and happiness be built on. And I'm talking about true happiness, not just the ability to you know, spend money and buy things. But when we're talking about true happiness and true peace of mind, it has to be beyond politics and beyond elections and beyond. It has to be beyond even the way our government's being run. And I'm not telling people not to be politically active or, or active out in their communities or trying to make things better in the world in general, but we can't depend on these worldly concerns to give us our sense of balance. And that that quality that we're all moving towards, if we're interested in the teachings of the Buddha, and I believe they're the same teachings most wisdom teachers are teaching, it's a moving towards equanimity, that balance, no matter what's going on around us, that we can maintain our own, our own balance. And I just want to read a very, very brief part from the Satipatthana Sutta, which is the sutta that is called the Four Foundations of Mindfulness. And those foundations are the body, and our feelings, and our mind, our mental formations. And then the fourth one are all the, the dhammas, the wisdom, the teachings, whatever the whatever realities that we see in the world, it's the contemplation of those, those wisdom teachings. So those four things make up mindfulness, the, the mindfulness that the Buddha taught. So I'm not going to read that. It's a very long sutta, but uh, I'm doing a, a nine-week course that is uh, being taught by 
Biku Analayo. And uh, it's, it's, very, it's very much in my head all the time. So I just want to read what he says about what he says about mindfulness. This is, this is uh, mindfulness the way it was taught by the Buddha. But this, I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's a 12-page sutta. Monks, this is the direct path for the purification of beings, for the surmounting of sorrow and lamentation, for the disappearance of dukkha and discontent, for acquiring the true method for the realization of Nibbana, namely the four satipatthanas. These are those, those, the four foundations of mindfulness. What are the four? Here, monks, in regard to the body, one abides contemplating the body, diligent, clearly knowing, and mindful, free from desires and discontent in regard to the world in regard to feelings. She abides con contemplating feelings, diligent, clearly knowing, and mindful, free from desires and discontent in regard to the world. In regard to the mind, one abides contemplating the mind, diligent, clearly knowing, and mindful, free from desires and discontent in regard to the world. In regard to dhammas, one abides contemplating dhammas. And those are the wisdom teachings. Diligent, clearly knowing, and mindful, free from desires and discontent in regard to the world. And then this goes on. But then I want to read just the refrain. This sutta is broken up into descriptions of all of these foundations of mindfulness. And then there is something that uh, uh, Bhikkhu Analeo calls the refrain. And this is repeated. Re it's over and over at the end of each, each description. In this way, in regard first to the body, one abides contemplating the body internally or contemplating the body externally, or one abides contemplating the body both internally and externally. He abides contemplating the nature of arising in the body, or he abides contemplating the nature of passing away in the body, or one abides contemplating the nature of both arising and passing away in the body. Mindfulness that there is a body is established in him to the extent necessary for bare knowledge and continuous mindfulness, and he abides independent, not clinging to anything in the world. This is how, in regard to the body, one ab abides contemplating the body. And the, this is the most important thing that he says in this paragraph in this refrain, and it's the goal of the entire practice of mindfulness is, and one abides independent, not clinging to anything in the world. And I think this is what we have to really keep recognizing, keep pull, bringing ourselves back to, that what we want to do is not be dependent on this worldly 
uh, the worldly concerns. We can back away from joy and pain, happiness and pain, and uh, fame and shame, fame and ignominy. And uh, this is the this is what we keep coming back to and it's gain and loss, all these things that we see and that we mark our lives by. And it's the world, that's the part of the world that we're trying to understand and see the reality of all that, see that all of those things are temporary and we're constantly going in one direction or the other. And what we want to find is that sense of balance and stillness and equanimity where we're not ruffled by all of those changes out in the world. So even as we approach a very, uh, you know, a lot of people right now are very anxious, very fearful of so many different things going on in the world. And that we all can understand that and we can all see it. And we may be, we may be feeling a lot of anxiety uh, about it, you may be you may be working more these days on working with your own anxiety than anything else. But what we need to do is be willing to back away, back away. And I feel very strongly about this these days. Back away from the news. If you need a certain amount of information to feel like you know you're still uh, part of the planet. Be very careful about the news you watch. Don't, or I'd prefer, for me, I don't watch news if I, I read about it, but I'm even on a, a fast from that. Back away from those things that create more anxiety. And, and right now, most of the news that we're, that's being bombarded at us is more about speculation. We're thinking about what's going to happen in the future. What's going to happen if this happens? What happens if this happens? Um, so we need to back away from that. And that takes discipline because it's much easier to just get caught up in it. And back away from things that are trying to uh, catch us emotionally and get us caught up in the emotions of gain and loss and uh be, you know, be, it's like being on top or being on bottom, uh, having happiness or having uh, great pain in our lives. And think of all the opposites. And uh, if we've been, the, if we've been the, at the bottom of the, the uh, political spectrum, now we want to be back on top. And we have to be just aware of these things as being part of the world, we're not trying to run away from the world, but we don't have to be affected by it every minute and every, um, I'd say stay away from Facebook too, actually. <laughs> so, or if you go on Facebook, go and look at things that you know are going to be um, uplifting or get the information you need, then get out of it because there's so much anger and there's anger from really good people, and that's that may be how they deal with it, but it doesn't need to be what we get contaminated with. And there's a need, there's a big need for those of us who can stay um, 
free from anxiety. And I'm certainly not putting myself in the category of someone who's developed complete equanimity. Um, and and there, I'm often I'm often have experienced anxiety and fear, but um, I know that my practice and my dedication to my practice and my my life, um, I'm learning those tools right along with all of you, and these are different. This is a different degree of working with these tools than we've seen in a long, long time. So, I don't think there's probably anyone who's not bombarded with things that can generate fear and worry, but we, we need to be determined to work with, to work with it. So what we can do is not be caught up in the, uh, these worldly concerns and just Google it and you'll get a, a you'll, you'll, you'll see all the pairs, the four pairs. And I think I've, I keep leaving one out. Uh, but but the gain and the loss, <sighs> think about it and try to be aware of how wonderful it would be to be independent of those worldly concerns and to live without clinging to any of them. We know they're there. We see them. We see them all the time. But the Buddhist teaching is about not clinging to those things. And we can acknowledge them when we see them rising up in us, but we can work with them and know that we, that we don't want to be clinging to them. We want to go beyond that. So, um, my sermon for today, right? Tomorrow I'm going to be at Blue Lotus in, uh, in Woodstock, and it's, it is the first time I've been there to, to guide a meditation and do a short talk uh, since, since the pandemic began. I've, I've made the decision to do most of my work as a bhikkhuni more uh, independently and just more right now it's, it's an ideal time because I'm doing everything virtually. But I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not going to be at the temple all the time, but I'm definitely, uh, definitely it's still my community. So that hasn't, that hasn't changed at all. So everybody, I want you to sit today. I think, uh, uh, I had just read about 10% Happier's uh, meditation challenge, and then Nancy Schwab sent me a friend's invitation to join that. So I've I've was late coming to it, and uh, if you if you have that app or you can get the app and then just do the uh, the seven day meditations. They're short, and the one this morning was on what we call mudita, or sympathetic joy. And that's, uh, it was a little bit different from, it was a, a beautiful 10-minute uh, meditation, but uh, she talked about borrowing joy. And I think uh, borrowing joy from others, I, that, was, that was just a different terminology than I, I use, but I guess we can definitely think of it that way. We, we can share in the joy of others. And so 
that's I think a lot of us are doing that by those of you who have pets um, and you share your pets with your neighbors like my neighbors do and feed, if you're feeding birds and squirrels and you're you're seeing these beautiful creatures and I don't know if they're feeling joy or if they're just desperate to get you know their bodies fat enough to hibernate but I do know that that creates joy in us we can we can uh, enjoy just being connected to those little beings and it brings joy that's my favorite way uh, but I thought it was it, it was a good 10 minute meditation and it was uh, beautiful just listening to her but that's a quality that I've talked about joy a lot during the pandemic because I think we all need to be very aware of finding joy in the smallest little things because we need to we need to grab at those moments of joy and those sensations of joy that might ripple through us don't uh you know hold on to them for a little bit longer recognize them because that's an those are that's an antidote to uh the fear and the anxiety so uh bring that into your life and that if you go on there's no cost for the 10% the meditation i guess it's a, like a meditation challenge um and I know there are other things on the 10% Happier app that cost, but this one, there's no cost to it. And you can just, uh, you can, it little kind of automatically keeps a little chart for you. So there, he has good teachers and, uh, it's a, it's a very good, it is a very good app. So I'm, I think you're on your own for meditation today because I talk so long, but please, Cut back on the news. Have a new take a news fast, or a, a modified fast, and uh, try not to watch news. There's too much repetition. If you if you're watching it on TV, it's there's too much repetition. And if you're listening to it, there's a lot of repetition during the day. We don't need all that. Instead of watching one of the say you have, if there's some news you can cut out, let that be a period when you can sit and just be quietly with yourself. Don't worry if your mind is distracted because you're worrying about the news. Let the focus of your attention be, oh, this is me worrying. This is how it feels for me to be worrying about missing the news. And contemplate that. See that arising pulling you away from your quiet practice, your formal practice, we call it, because practice is everything we do during the day. But if if you're working with uh, really jonesing for some, some news, sit with it and see what that feels like. See if you like that feeling of being pulled to something so strongly other than chocolate. Um, and let that be the focus of your meditation, because then I think we can start seeing how how much of an, an addictive uh, nature that can be to be connected to what's happening, to not lose a beat in knowing what's going on in the world. 
and that's dragging us, um, really dragging us back into those, uh, that being tossed around by those worldly concerns. So thank you so much for uh, being here and being part of my practice. And I'll see you uh, Sunday morning. I may not be here because there is that guest, a guest speaker who uh, is going to be speaking at the, on the Zoom at Blue Lotus. And I don't want to uh, bump people from doing that. I don't want to interfere with that. So Sunday, let's, uh, let's, let's have a break from me. But I do encourage you, the monks have told me that this is the teacher, that's uh, a teacher very well respected and very, uh, very important in their, in the Theravadan tradition in Sri Lanka. And they, they're recommending it very highly. He's a professor, a lay person and a professor. And uh, if you can, if you can join for that, I'd encourage it. Okay. And then I'll see you again next Tuesday. Okay, thank you so much, and beware the worldly concerns. They're like, they're like ghosts floating around, you know, so you can fit that into your, your Halloween motif. Bye-bye. Thank you so much.